Hey guys, my name is John Morgan. Blast off to the music universe. Hey buddy, how are you? I'm great. How about you, Matt? I'm, well, I want to tell something to our viewers. We give them, we oh, give no. them a little. I don't like when you do this because it's usually embarrassing. Well, uh, it's not going to be embarrassing. Yesterday we recorded an episode. You wore your black TMU shirt and I wore a black polo. Today, uh, I don't like to wear this because I feel like a floating head against my blue screen. I need You're to get fine. It looks great. Polos. It looks great. But, but anyway, I throw this on at last minute and I come on and you're in your blue t-shirt and without <laughs> coordination. That is yeah. so funny. They say two, two great minds think alike. So I guess that's kind of where we are with it. It is great. Well, we got a great mind <laughs> with us today. John Morgan, this was a really neat interview. He had some great stories. Yeah. I mean, you may have heard the name. You may not have, but if you have it, you will. I mean, he's one of the writers behind Jason Aldean and Carrie Underwood's uh, multi-award winning Grammy-nominated number one hit, If I Didn't Love You. He, uh, it's one of eight songs in total that he co-penned from Aldean's latest album, including, uh, at the time we're recording this, uh, Aldean's recent number one, Trouble with a Heartbreak, which we didn't even get to discuss. We're a little short on time. So we did discuss, uh, he gave us a really lengthy answer for how uh, If I Didn't Love You came about. So you're going to want to be sure to uh, listen to that. But on another note, the reason we had him on the show wasn't because of just that success, but he's a solo artist now as well. And yes. uh, he's he's uh, got Good With Goodbye as the latest breakup tune. And uh, you're, you're going to hear a lot from him, I, I think, coming up. John Morgan, welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. Uh, where are you calling from today? <laughs> well, it probably looks like a jail cell, but it's actually our bus. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, having to do some maintenance on it today, so I figured I'd just hop on here real quick. It's yeah, very no, cool. I, I love that. We love chatting with artists when they're in their element, too, so that's, that's cool. So um, are you prepping uh, to go out on the road? Is that what the maintenance is for? Yeah, we had uh, last weekend we were in Corpus Christi and then Dallas. So we had a little trick. Um, so we had to, you know, change the wool and do all the regular stuff. So Nice, nice. Well, I want to talk about your uh, your music. You're a big sought-after singer-songwriter right now. You, you know, got Jason Aldean recording some of your, your music. Tell us about your journey. Yeah, um... I'll start by saying it's been it's been an awesome two years, man. I've just been really grateful, um, I guess, for the opportunities that I've kind of had in front of me. And um, you know, I try to always try to take advantage of things if they're you know if they're there. And uh, when I do, I put a hundred percent into it. And I've always believed that hard work will uh, outdo uh, talent sometimes. Uh, that's always been my approach to things and so uh, I started out uh, at an early age playing bluegrass music uh, back mm. in North where I grew up and I uh, played in a, a family bluegrass band for uh, seven or eight years and uh, we did that circuit for a long time really enjoyed that time of my life but uh, I got to a point where I 
I guess I just got kind of burnt out on, on playing other people's stuff. And I kind of wanted to pursue my own music and say things that I, you know, would want to say as an artist. And so I started writing songs um, when I was about 18 um, and uh, wrote with a few buddies of mine from back home. And one of them, who is actually my drummer now, he, uh, he moved to Nashville about a year before me and uh, in pursuit of a publishing deal. And uh, he was like, bro, you just need to come down and, and, and write with people. Just try it, you know. And at the time, I kind of taken a break from music and, and was kind of uh, had other dreams of uh, having a black Angus farm and, and just settling down, really. And um, he finally convinced me to, to start making trips down to Nashville. And I wrote with a bunch of different people, whoever would write with me, and uh, ended up. Uh, we, we went out to eat one night and he was like, let's call it Uber, you know, we'll go for the city. I hadn't really been in Nashville that long. And so we call it Uber and we're, we're on our way to dinner and our Uber driver was a uh, super nice guy. He was like, man, he was just talking to us. And he's like, yeah, I had some, I had some Jason Aldean cuts back in the early 2000s. And so I was like, man, that's awesome. So he ended up giving us his card and uh, we parted ways and didn't really think anything of it. Um, uh, until about eight months later, I was working at uh, Lucky Brand. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Lucky Brand jeans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I picked up a gig there somehow. Um, and uh, when I first moved here, and, and so I was working there about eight months after the Uber run. And this guy walks in. I'm like, man, I know this guy from somewhere. And so I approached him and kind of just reintroduced myself to him. And, um, uh, he was like, well, dude, send me some demos you're working on right now. Like, just up, update me on kind of where you're at um, with writing and, and, you know, the artist thing and everything. And so I sent him, like, 30 just really terrible demos that I'd, you know, <laughs> done myself. And uh, I just sent him right then. And uh, he ended up hitting me back. And long story short, he set me up with a write um, with Jason's bandmates, Jason Aldean's bandmates. And... Um, so we ended up writing a few songs together over Zoom. It was right right when COVID hit. And so mm-hmm. nobody was really writing in person. We hopped on Zoom. I wrote a couple songs with those guys and um, did the demo for them. And um, they ended up sending one of those demos to Aldine. And uh, I was cutting my grass about a week later. And uh, just <laughs> I think I was weed eating or something. <laughs> get a call and it was a 615 area code i'm like usually i don't answer it if i don't know who it is but i was like i better answer so i did and uh he goes hey man this is jason aldean uh just <laughs> wanted to hop on here and like let you know i'm a big fan of what you're doing uh, you know the stuff you're writing uh, all this stuff meanwhile i'm sprinting inside to uh find my roommate so i had a witness um, but it was actually, um <laughs> And uh, so I was just, you know, what do you say? I mean, it, it was just so out of the blue, but it was at the same time really cool that he just called me up. But um, he just, you know, proceeded to just be like, man, I, I love what you're doing. We just started a new publishing company, a new record label. Um, he's like, we'd love to, you know, work out a deal with you somehow. We're looking for somebody like you to kind of flagship our, our label and get it kicked off and, uh, so obviously I was very honored and, um, you know, just stoked about that. And 
uh, he he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So <laughs> here I am. Oh, that's, that's an awesome. awesome, awesome story. I mean, just think. Do you ever think about what ha- what would have happened had you not answered that phone call? Oh man, every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I'm I'm bad about just. I've gotten better about it, but you know, you get a I get. I don't know about you guys, but I get a ton of telemarketer calls on yeah. my phone. Just like if I don't know it, I'm usually just like, ah, they'll text me if it's somebody that needs me, you know. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to congratulate you on the success of "If I Didn't Love You," Jason Aldean, Carrie Underwood duet. Can you tell us a story about that and how that ended up in their hands? And we were at the CMT Awards when that you know, started almost sweeping the awards. I mean, they kept winning, kept winning, kept winning, kept winning. That That's the big song of the year right there. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I, uh, you know, I mean, just hearing a little bit of where I came from and very small beginnings, man. I, I you know, I've always loved music. It's always been a hobby of mine. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, now that it's just watching it kind of become my career and my reality now it's just it's a very surreal feeling to me um, because I may not have been in Nashville a long time but I've been pursuing music for a long time and um, it's just a really really cool thing and that song in particular uh, was kind of a, a game changer for me and um, we had actually so a little bit of backstory about it we had you know been writing for Jason's double album that was coming up and uh, I truthfully written i mean a solid year just uh, most of the time aiming for for him and um and trying to trying to land a few cuts on his album and so we're like last week of you know their uh their recording process and they i think they cut several songs and uh, we had another song uh, that we had i guess originally pitched as a duet and because they had to do a slot, you know, for the album. And so we turned the song in. We all we all love the song. I think we all kind of knew it wasn't necessarily a true duet song, but it could mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just glad to have a hold. And so um, Jason, when they ended up going up to finish the finish the record, he was like, man, I really love this song. Let's cut it. But I'm just going to sing it myself. And so. We were stoked that we got a cut, but we also lost our duet pitch. So um, we were just kind of like, well, uh, what do we do now? So uh, Tilly Kennedy, Jason's bass player, he texted me, Lydia Vaughn. And uh, this was like maybe that that night or something after they found out that we lost the duet pitch. Um, he texted us and he was like, y'all, I know you've written already today, but if you guys are down to get together tonight, um, after we get out of here, y'all get done writing. Let's just, you know, throw some ideas around and see if we can come up with a last minute, you know, do that pitch. And so uh, we ended up, thankfully, I, I answered that phone call as well. Um, <laughs> uh, moral of the story, pick up the phone. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, he was, he, he was, you know, he kind of, I could tell he was urgent about it. So we all got together that night and, um, I think there might have been one or two days left in their in their week of, of recording the record, and um, so we got together. Tilly threw out the the title "If I Didn't Love You," and um, 
we didn't he didn't really have an idea around it we just kind of it was one of those ideas that you feel like could really be something cool you could put a different twist on something that's been said you know and mm-hmm. i always love those kind of titles um and so we just rolled with it man we we ended up um i think we wrote it in like four hours we just grinded all night and uh finished the song lydia vaughn who's you know one of my really good friends and writing buddies um we started writing before either one of us was signed and um so she, she's, you're going to be hearing a lot about her name coming up soon. Um, but she's, uh, you know, she just gave us that female aspect of it. You know, I mean, when you're on the other mm-hmm. side, you know, I'm a guy, I think differently. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and she's very good about uh, giving that approach that's still tough. You know what I mean? But it still gives that emotion um, from, from a female side. And, so that that really was kind of a game changer for us too, man. We were able to kind of lock in, uh, you know, what would I say if I was in that situation? What would you say if you were, you know, replying or whatever? And it, it was one of the first time that I've ever been in a room uh, where it just kind of fell out. You know, it wasn't there was no pressure. We just got in there. Uh, we knew if we missed, it wasn't going to be a big deal. We already got a cut, and so right. uh, there was no pressure and. Um, that song, you know, we ended up turning it in the next day. We finished the demo that night, and uh, those guys were busting ass trying to get that thing down. And so we finished the demo, turned it in the next morning, and Jason put it on hold. Um, and so we were obviously stoked, but the the crazy thing is we had no idea who the partner was going to be at the time. We just knew we had gotten a hold for the duet slot, and uh, – so, you know, obviously I was kind of was like, man, this is awesome, but, like, who are they going to get? Everybody, nobody knew anything um, except for his management team. And so they ended up texting us, like, I think three weeks after that. Um, and they are like, hey, we just found out that Carrie's schedule is perfectly open for this time slot and her to be able to get on this song. And, uh, you know, when, when I found that out, I was just obviously stoked. Having one superstar on there is awesome, but having two is even more, um, you know, it's even more of an incentive for it to be a single. And, and that's mm-hmm. that was a, a very special moment to me. That song definitely changed my career and, and kind of established me as a, a writer in town. So I'm very thankful for it. That's yeah. Awesome. And, and now you're not that you weren't before, but now you're transitioning into an actual solo artist. So how, how has that song helped you on that journey? Oh man, uh, pretty tremendously. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great talking point, you know, when I'm going and doing these private shows or, or not private, but just, you know, radio events or whatever. Um, I guess it, I usually play it acoustic and kind of the way we wrote it in the room. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it just, I guess it just really gives people that, um, affirmation that like, Hey, this is a legit artist, you know, and that it's something that is invaluable, uh, and something that unfortunately all, a lot of guys can't go into those rooms with that song. So I'm very mm-hmm. fortunate to be able to have that under my belt and, you know, just kind of go in and say, Hey, this is my first cut, you know, and I'll play it and immediately gets attention and um it, you know that's a very very crucial thing for me i think uh you know is trying to establish myself as an artist um 
it's a mm-hmm. great talking point and kind of, you know, puts a good foot forward, I think. So, yeah. You've, you've latched on to heartbreak as sort of a theme of a lot of your writing, your most recent single, uh, Good With Goodbye, uh, your most recent song. Is that something you choose to do or do you just sort of fall into that niche? <laughs> That's a good question, man. I, you know, I've learned in my short time being in Nashville, like you just got to read the room sometimes and you know, you can't say, Hey, I'm going to write this kind of song today. or I'm going to write this song today. It's like, everybody's got different schedules, you know, when mm-hmm. you're writing with people who are writing five, six days a week, they probably just wrote a better heartbreak song or a better, you know, tempo than you're going to write today. You know what I mean? You got to, mm-hmm. I've learned that you got to just feel the room. And, um, fortunately, uh, those rooms have been a lot of heartbreak ideas and, um, you know, I just kind of gravitated to, um, personal experiences. And, and I think a lot of people do that. And I yeah. think when you're, when you're that honest, I guess, about, you know, past relationships of your own, I feel like people really can connect to that because, um, I, I feel like that's a subject matter that's never going to go away. Uh, I think people are going to be heartbroken, unfortunately, for a lot, a long time and have been. So it's definitely a common ground, like a uh, talking point that you can kind of relate to with, with other people. And um, so I think that's part of it. Uh, but also, you know, I just I don't know. I feel like true country music is its origins is, is heartbreak, you know, so yeah. uh it's fun to kind of put a new twist on stuff that, you know, may have already been written or ideas that just, you know, are fresh. So um, that's been a really fun experience for me, for sure. Oh, yeah. And, and but before we let you go, John, it looks like Jason, Kurt and Tolly are also producing your music and you guys are writing a lot together, like you like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we write once a week. Uh, I write with those guys just because um, not only are they, you know, label mates now, but, you know, they're, we just have some kind of connection. I, I think what it is, in my opinion, it's everybody knows their role in that room. And we don't have to guess like, oh, okay, am I going to have to, you know, be more on the lyric side today? Or am I going to have to be more on the melody side? Like, we all we all know going into that room that um, our strong suits, I guess. And so mm-hmm. I just try to I try to really hone in on what I'm what mine is when I get in that room. And I think that's why we we uh, you know we get such good songs together is just because we all want to write a hit at the end of the day, and we also know our roles and our strong suits. So we try to stick to them. Um, and and what's yours? I like to think that I've gotten a little bit more rounded uh, from being in town um, and being able to write with some veteran writers who've written hits. Um, Mm -hmm. I I love writing with those guys because I can kind of watch their process and incorporate that into my own. And uh, so, you know, I like to try to, you know, I guess uh, expand myself a little bit, be a little more well-rounded, but my melody is definitely my strong suit. Um, you know, whether it's course melody or verse melody, um, I, I just, I love doing that. I love having an idea. And a lot of the times the way I work is I'll 
have a chord progression. Um, you know, I love playing guitar as well. So I'll start with that and get a melody going and then usually piece the words in after that. Um, and that's doesn't always happen that way, but that's, you know, if I'm starting something on my own, that's usually the process. Um, so I would say melody is my, one of my strong suits. So. Yeah. Well, awesome. I, I don't say yourself short because you are becoming very well-rounded big, big things from you, John Morgan. This was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you all. I appreciate your time. It was an awesome interview. Here again, I'm noticing a theme, as you heard there, of sort of things happening because people keep trying and people keep trying and making things work. He, an Uber ride led yeah. to him now being a signed publisher with eight songs on an Aldine record. You never know what's going to happen or wow. where the success is going to come from. Yeah, especially in Nashville. I mean, and he's also signed to Aldine's label, which is Night Train Records, and it's an imprint of BBR Music Group. But, um, I mean, now he's writing with Jason and members of Jason's band who also co-produce John's music. So it's like this big circle. But, um, you know, you just, in Nashville, it, like, that's what they say when you're there. You know, the waiter or the waitress, the person used to pump your gas you know, when that was a thing, uh, could be <laughs> doing the same thing that you're trying to do. And maybe they're better than you, but that's just what they have to do during the day to survive and stay in town. So it's amazing mm -hmm. what Nashville does. And that's why I love it so much. And that's why I'm eager to get back. You know, and that's the thing about Nashville. People want to say that New York City and Los Angeles are these cities of opportunities. No, they're cities of, of resistance. It's what can you offer me? Well, I should I pay attention to you? Nashville is the city of opportunity. I mean, pardon my French here, but when you and I go to Nashville and when I go to Nashville solo, we sort of we sort of tend to step backwards into shit and come out smelling like country music. It's just <laughs> very much, it, very it, much a true statement there. Now, I don't know how it is on the artist side. It, may be, it might be a little tougher, but it definitely seems more collaborative and open than the other bigger industry cities that people think, oh, I've got to move there to be successful. Nashville is, is a gold mine. You just got to know how to mine it correctly. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing because now he's, you know, signed and it was just an Uber ride and he accepted a phone call that he wasn't initially going to accept. And it was the big guy, Jason Aldean, on the other end. And now look at it. You know, he's on tour with him, being produced, writing with him. All kinds of great success. Exactly. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And um, buddy, thanks for listening and watching. Be sure to hit that like, subscribe, and share button and follow us at the Music Uni on socials and musicuniverse.com for the latest news and concert reviews. Take care. Uh -huh.